Hi everyone and welcome back to the Target Transfers podcast, the number one heat printing podcast in the world. Today Andy and I are going to be talking to you all about how to build and sustain customer relationships. Now this is one of the most important factors when starting, running and growing a business. Obviously you don't have a business without your customers Um, and it's actually five to 25 times more expensive to gain new customers than it is to retain your original ones. Um, obviously gaining new customers and growing is an important part of business but today we're just going to talk a little bit more about ways that you can maybe improve your relationship with your customers and sort of ensure their future business with you as well. We're going to start by talking about the customer journey. Now Obviously, when a customer discovers your business or comes across you on like socials or anything like that, the customer journey of when they first discover you to when they make a purchase is really, really important. Whether that be how you communicate with them via emails, social posts, phone calls, if that's how you do business. Um, So, yeah, just general sort of tips and tricks of what people can improve their customer journey as such. Yeah, I think it's really important because something to bear in mind is obviously you bring a customer to your website, you want to get them to transact, but when you're having that initial customer journey, you also want to start sowing the seeds for that loyalty and that retention because for your business to be sustainable, you need for them to come back and back and back, no matter what the product is, even if the product is not necessarily seasonal, you're still going to have another product in three months time that's a different season at least. So by having to start build that, loyalty and that kind of feeling of engaging with you as a brand is really quite important you want it to be easy to order as well because Mm -hmm. actually if it's easy to order they don't have to think too much about it they'll be like oh yeah that was easy i'll just order from x company again because it was practical saves me time something we talk about a lot internally is, is how we want to make sure that we're cutting down the time a customer needs to spend on our website taking steps out of the process because we want our, our customers are at their best when they're concentrating on first manufacturing, which we can, we help in different ways in other podcasts. We won't go on that today, but want to make sure that we free them up to make sure they've got enough time to sell and market their business because that's what's going to bring value into their company. Mm-hmm. So having that ease of use is definitely a, a great part of customer retention and building that relationship and that partnership. It's not just a, uh, transaction thing you need to start building the partnership from the very beginning from the first moment they interact with your brand yeah i think it's uh, trust is a big element as well like people buy from brands that they know and brands that they trust will deliver the service or the product like if you wanted to buy a new pair of trainers or activewear where would you go nike adidas puma those kind of companies Mm -hmm. if you wanted electronics you'd go to apple to samsung the companies that you know have the best product so that's what you need to do for your business really if you want the best heat press you go to electronics it's that kind of thing um yeah so it's kind of making sure that as well as giving the best product we educate you on how to like andy said build that relationship with your customers and build the trust yeah building it in a way that your customer wants to go on the journey not the way not always the way you, you want to lead them down a certain route but you don't always want to you don't want to do it at the um that kind of making it difficult for the customer you, it, ultimately their journey is the most important one when they're on the yeah. web, on your website so making sure that you always come at it from the perspective of the, their customer you know something that we always try and do whenever we 
relaunch a website or like for instance when we first brought out easy view a couple of years ago we made absolutely everyone in the business try and place orders and follow the journey through so that way we had a large sort of case study of and a focus group of people who could have come out from different angles and certain people are actually mm. do you know what that does make more sense so for instance the people that were are actually printing our transfers have a different perspective to the salespeople. But really the people that are printing our artwork are, are probably in any work in production probably closer to our customers than anyone else in the business so we made tweaks and changes to make sure we took their feedback on so making sure that yeah that's always the most important thing is making sure it's relatable to your end user and what they the journey they also want to expect from you yeah and i think it's meeting the customer midway as well isn't it like you say it's, it's how far you not push them that's the wrong terminology but that there's so far that you want to guide the customer on that yeah. journey like you said but then there's a certain element where they know what they want they're only willing to do so much that side of things as well so you as a business have to meet your customer halfway almost because yeah. there's only so much that you can provide or offer until it hits the point of what they want as well you're providing a service to them and as much as they come to your socials your website to buy there's that element of how easy you make it for them and supplying them that kind of thing yeah and, and um one thing one way you can do that is by making sure that the language you use is tailored to that experience as well something that we spend a lot of time on is actually what words should we be using on the site and that's a big one of actually do, do something, something just because something makes sense to us doesn't mean it makes sense to everyone else especially people that are new to what our industry is very specific so it's difficult to assume that somebody knows exactly what if we start talking about time yeah. temperature and pressure with application if somebody who has never fused before will go what the hell are they talking about but in for our customers it's easier for them to translate their products and what they sell but if it's their usps for example they might want to get that across in a certain way that reads uh, i don't know quality limited edition there's certain demographics so yeah how you how you speak to your customers yeah, is important an, an example of that being uh, for us, for instance, is that uh, when we launched EasyView a couple of years ago, we took out quite a lot of products and we kind of solidified a lot of products because something we'd found, because we've been heat printing for 40 something years now, we've actually built we've built up quite a lot of products and quite a lot of variations of products, some for better, some for worse. But there were so many in-house product names that customers would phone up and we'd be like, do you want to Polytran and Nylotrans and Elastica? Uh, Digiprint, Digi which I still don't fully understand what all of those mean. No, exactly. But no, <laughs> don't need what, to anymore. You don't need to. No one and no one, you know. And you kind of you have to be quite um, humble about it. But actually, customers don't care what we call them. Mm. So that's why we call things one to five color screen prints. We call them just call full color, ultra color. Yeah. And we don't really. We didn't really. We felt actually, do you know what? So, for instance, the Elastica was our polytran with stretch in it but we've actually done what if we just call it one to five color and we add stretch it makes a lot more sense to customers and customers have been like actually yeah, under, now when new customers come on they're like it's much easier for them to understand so yeah yeah but this I'm... can be applied to just about any of our customers because you know every every ever customer say for, say for instance you're a fulfillment company mm -hmm. um you might say actually yeah do you want it to be a jc001 or b three zero zero one your customers that might be like i don't understand what that means mm -hmm. if you say actually do you want it to be 
a, you know, a black T-shirt and do you want it to feel nice and soft? And they'd be like, yeah. If they say yes, you're like, okay, actually, you need a better canvas. Or if they're like, no, you're like, actually, I'll just, it's a cheap one instead. But it's actually think about what does, does a customer really care about your jargon? No. How do they want to, they want to be like, yeah, I want it to be like this. What's a kind of common way of saying that, making it accessible? Even for established customers, they probably don't really care about the terminology you want to use either. As long as they get the product they want at the quality they want, yeah, they then, probably can care less what you call it. So if you cut all of that nonsense out, that way the customer journey is much improved. Yeah, and they're more likely to return because they find it a straightforward ordering process. And it keep it comes back to the point of keeping the customer journey quite short as well. Like something that we try and do with our customers from the point of engagement or um initial contact whatever you want to call it the first yeah. point of contact through to um the website through to sale or any uh, conversion like that we try and keep the steps minimal because if your customers have to surf through 15 different website pages and scroll through loads of text and loads of images and videos they're less likely to persevere through that and make a purchase whereas if like yes okay we have some ex explanatory text on our website and we have um obviously like videos like how to promotionals that kind of things they're needed and they're educational and they're informative so there's a limit but there's a line between what you do and don't include but if you have too much of it or you have too many pages um there's something that was mentioned actually at brighton seo that i went to a couple of months ago and they were talking about cleaning up your website and having less pages than what you think you need um and i think that's really important as well like if you go onto a website and there's too many options you're much more likely to be like i can't build it or go somewhere else yeah which i am guilty of i do all the time yeah. if it's not quick easy we live in an age of instant gratification if you can't get it within like a few clicks you're probably not going to yeah. get the sale exactly okay cool um so that kind of leads us on to customer database and mm -hmm. crm as well so as much as controlling the customer journey or influencing the customer journey i should say keeping track of your customers is just as important because once you have got them and they've gone through that journey and they've made a purchase they're then on your records i would like to hope um and then it's about keeping like what you said earlier a profile on them making sure you know sort of what they're interested in buying uh if they're engaging with you on socials and just keeping tabs almost on what you they're up to and keeping base with them you don't know who they are that's a very good point <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really important. It's something that we work heavily on at Target Transfers. Um, and I encourage absolutely everyone that's listening to this is maintaining a, a good database. And I don't mean like sell spreadsheet of all your customers because you could accidentally delete that and you lose everything. Yeah. It should be something that ideally something that works within your website or can connect to your website or at least is easy to understand that somewhere you could hold their data. Um, and you'd have to hold that data in the legal under legal requirements as well in terms of how you hold that data how you get permission for that data as well which we won't cover today because that's a bit boring but you can that is probably, boring and it's a massive thing watch, you can props you can watch a lot of video around gdpr isn't gdpr disappearing i heard somewhere they're, they're not making because it was a massive thing when it first came out a few years ago i think there's i think there's been talks about how it might change um now that we're no longer part of the eu I don't right think okay concrete on that one yeah i think they just discussed or thrown the idea around out there uh, it might right. change but i'd say that it's always best to work within the parameters of it at least for now because it stuff you know laws and 
changing oh yeah 100 anyway but yeah yeah it's always best to make sure you've got that customer data and you can prove that we have an audit trail for all of our customer ops in so it means that we're you know we're solid if anyone if anyone says, says actually where did you get my data but actually you filled in this web form you met, mm. you met your own event so we can cover that nicely but yeah the great thing about data in having a customer database is that you can have data you can analyze data you can look at okay is there a particular month where i get more customers how often are my customers ordering you know did instance, i do anything different this month yeah, that led to that which goes, goes to the whole point of this um event today about retention if you looked at your database and we're actually like do you know what i've got loads of customers in my database that never ordered but loads of customers that have only ever ordered once mm -hmm. or only ordered twice but really uh, you know thinking about how often do you want your customers to order and i would say you know for um a lot of our customers they might be wanting depending on what their product they're selling they might actually probably want them to be ordering once once a month um or you will need to make sure they're at least ordering if it's once a year it's at the right time of the year mm -hmm. sports season's coming up school season's coming up are they ordering in september or what are they ordering in july for september um you know that's the most powerful tool you have as a business really is data i mean absolutely above absolutely probably anything else above your having good following on instagram or tiktok but that could disappear overnight what happens if so a lot of small businesses a lot of craftier businesses a lot of personalization businesses i could go on run their businesses off of social media in particular instagram mm. and tiktok which is amazing that's great that platforms like that can give profits to mm. small businesses i think that's fantastic however what happens if something happens to your account what happens if something happens to the platform yeah it's happened before a couple of if you um rely on business on facebook i um, heard of a company who had a massive massive facebook group and did loads and loads of business off the back mm. of it um, but one day that something went wrong in the system and the whole group disappeared and they had no email data of any of them yeah. to back it up. So they had to start from scratch. It was a business turning over hundreds of thousands each month and it suddenly disappeared overnight. If you've got that database and that CRM of contacts, you can just email them and say, hey, this is our new page. Come over and say hi. I mean, it's a lot quicker to build it back up and you never lose that communication with your customers. Yeah, exactly. Um and it can, you know, get just on the topic of emails, the CRM system or some sort of database is normally the best platform mm. to then start those emails out, either be, even if it's just kind of informative, actually promotional. Yeah. Because it's still within this industry, it's still a very undervalued marketing tool. It's a massive marketing tool mm. that people don't make they, the most of. They don't of. make the most of. And it's very easy. I mean, you can get started for free with MailChimp or something mm. similar as well, as, like that emails out but unless you've got that data in the first instance you can't send out yeah. enough emails to promote i do think offerings keep them educated keep that customer journey going yeah yeah build that loyalty i do think that there's a bit of a stigma around email marketing and i think a lot of people particularly new younger business owners think of it as a bit of an old-fashioned marketing mm -hmm. tool which I do and don't agree with. I mean, the half the emails that come through my inbox, I don't look at, but I'm only really subscribed to, I did go through and unsubscribe from quite a few because I was signed up to way too many as we all are. Um, but the ones I get through now are ones that I genuinely would open and look at. Yeah. And they're often companies that send more informative, educational, helpful content than just the, buy our products. If there's a sale, great, everyone likes a discount, but the generic content of what's coming through those emails is something I genuinely open 
but a lot of people do get a load of spam through their inbox and they just don't open anything. So I can understand why people would be hesitant to use email mm. marketing. But I do think if you get it right, then you could make some big, big gains for your business through email marketing. Yeah, and it's another way of understanding your customers because mm. if you've got an intelligent enough system or database or email platform, yeah, you can find out the customers that do click on your emails. You can find out why they're clicking on your emails, what they're clicking on your emails. What terminology works better. Yeah, exactly. You can test different taglines that then you might use on Instagram anyway. But you've yes. got that information to back it up. Um, but, you know, a lot of our customers' customers, you know, they might not necessarily, a lot of them are still nine to five or they're at least like eight till eight or something like that, where mm. they, they still do interact. They have desktop. So they actually do, that email will get in front of them at some point, some point in that day. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we do. We A lot of our customers are email opted in and that's how we communicate with them yeah. because obviously there's a lot of... Um, different customer demographics for target in particular we obviously have um some newer younger businesses that yeah. come through that are a lot more social heavy and then our more traditional um bigger companies if you will are less engaging on there and then more on the email so it's knowing how to communicate to different types of customers yeah. through different platforms which leads us on quite nicely to different platforms actually mm. um so obviously we've got all of the typical youtube social tiktok blah blah blah, blah. um email which we've covered blogs and seo is a big one as well yeah. that comes down to the education side of mm. things and seo for reaching new customers um but how would you recommend people use blog posting for customer retention because it is kind of something that you use to grow your website and to get new customers and appear at the top of search yeah. results well, something that we believe with the target transfers and we believe is styles as well is that education has always been the most important thing that we can provide our customers with um, and to continually educate your customers the intelligent customers of ours and of the people listening to this podcast will be the ones that are continually educating themselves and trying to upskill mm. themselves. So actually by providing value to your customers, you're creating that, that you're solidifying that relationship and you're kind of creating that retention. So I think, oh yeah, I remember that time the target transfers told me about this business opportunity that, you know, for instance, the amount of companies that we've helped um, sell levers designs, which have a great mm -hmm. profit margin yeah. or hats um, with 360 press. And like, oh, but you know, they, they really appreciate the fact that we went and said, have you thought about doing this? Here's, a new, here's something that's doing really well in the market. Introduce here, it. Here's how you do it. Here's steps from A, B, C, D to Z. Mm. So that way you can follow up. Like, oh, yeah, actually, I did, I did, I did make that, um, that deal work for me. Or um, we explain, actually, sometimes we actually tell customers, you know, you shouldn't buy that. You should buy this instead and it's cheaper. And they're like, oh, actually, do you know what? I'm really grateful for you educating me on how to what save a bit of money the right yeah. or the other way around if they yeah. if they have like another two three hundred pound in their budget they could get a better press that will last them for another five ten years in terms of capacity yeah. that they might have been hesitant about buying whereas through educating them through that you can go actually you'd be better off in the long term with this one yeah um as well blog, and blog's a great one for it because it's a very easy way to you can you don't have to say too many words but you can kind of give a little bit of a nugget of information 
And then, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, that makes sense. I'll try and apply that. And if it yeah. works, it's, it's great. And it's like the over-promising thing as well. Um, I was doing some sort of research into different areas of customer retention and what people recommend. We're going to go through some recommended okay. um, customer retentions a bit later in the podcast, but one of them is relevant now. And it was over-promising on what you promise your customers, by, or over-delivering, sorry, on what you yeah. promise your customers. Um, and that's kind of what, we do to an extent with our free templates and things like that not only do we say you should brand your products because it's good for future sales and brand awareness but also here's a free template to do it that's exactly what you should do with your customers and that's a good example of sort of why that works um it's also a great way of adding to the story of your business so you're you know to your point about you don't want to have too many website pages because it can be a bit messy but one if you might there's something you still have to say something you could perhaps supplement that with blog pages that yeah add a little bit extra but they're not going to get in the way of actually buying something but if someone wants to go down that rabbit hole the content is there but it's not getting in the way of them them buying something exactly if you're it could be a brand or fulfillment company depending who anyone that's listening to it your brand you can tell a little bit more story about your business you could perhaps give an update you know it's just a case of it's a little about what we're doing and just putting a youtube video in there just to, to tell mm. us the rest of the story or if you're a fulfillment company you in the same way that we might say actually here's a really great idea that someone that's working in the industry you could then also there's a version of that for every single business so you can always educate your customers actually here's a great way it's a great new product is a great new t-shirt style or great new hoodie style that we recommend and you can add value that way or we can actually say you know here's um some new colors that we might provide you with new colors that you can then pass on off your own so if yeah you some new uh, pantone screen colors or we talk about how you can do shimmer colors at christmas it's always there's something that you can always borrow from us and, and use it to your own advantage as well yeah yeah because at the end of the day we're here to help your businesses grow so the better your business yeah. does the better our business does um okay i'm gonna go back to um okay so under the topic of platforms Mm -hmm. there was a comment on um meeting your customers on the platforms they're already on Mm -hmm. versus jumping on new platforms as soon as they come out so a good example of this would be obviously when tiktok came out everyone not everyone's very hard some people jumped on tiktok some people were late to the party and the ones that jumped on TikTok to begin with are most likely the ones that are maybe doing better at it now. But TikTok is one of those platforms where your first video could go completely viral if you do it right. Like it's not penalizing you for any algorithm changes. Um, But in terms of customers and what platforms they're using, there's a bit of discussion around, I suppose it comes down to capacity in your business Mm -hmm. as well, which was something we were discussing earlier. But if you, for example, your customers are on Instagram predominantly and a new platform comes out, i.e. TikTok, do you take away some of the time and effort you put into Instagram to create TikTok content to potentially build future business? Or do you continue putting your efforts onto Instagram as to that's because that's where you know your customers are and that's where you're making sales? And even though in an ideal world, it would be good to do both, not everyone has the time and the energy to do both. And in an ideal world, every business would have a social or a marketing employee yeah. to do it for them. But that isn't reality for a lot of business owners. So that's sort of something I think we should go over as well. Yeah, I think, you know, and one of the most important things is to 
it is important to be on the platform where your customer's attention is. Mm. You should never take the approach of actually, I like this platform, so I'm going to make content because I, I go on Instagram, so I prefer that. So I'm going to yeah. make content for that because that's, you're not thinking about why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. So I so say you have to be very careful that it's able because, you know, a platform could go away, away overnight. That's possible. Mm. So you, you don't want to be kind of too deep in any platform because you should always be prepared to pivot if you need to. Yeah. Um, but I say the thing to thing that kind of jumps out to me is like, okay, fair enough. You haven't got time to do all platforms all at the same time. That is, that's reasonable. But how many people who say that uh, then go home in the evening and spend time on their phone? So I guess the thing, the thing I'm thinking is that you might not necessarily be at a point where you can create content for every platform, mm. but you're probably consuming in some form or another. So why can't you could at least be listening or kind of paying attention. So say a new platform comes out, you could be like, actually, do you know what I'm going to, even if I just start following a few accounts and see what people are doing. So in a couple of months time, when I'm ready, when to. I'm ready to do it, I'm kind of fully prepared. So I'm not, you're not going to be going in blind when yeah. you do decide because then then it might be that it's too late or you're just going to spend a lot of time catching up so you know think about you know think about time management is there something you know that your other thing you're doing that perhaps could you could uh save time on you know we've spent i'd have the guess that you know anyone that listens to our time saving podcast where we potentially save people days and weeks a year mm-hmm. you follow some of those techniques then you've got time at that yeah. point to go back and actually you could probably save 10 even if you just save 10 minutes every day by doing them doing things the right way okay, that's 10 yeah. minutes you could spend on TikTok looking at okay what's going on how oh. people creating content is there any overlap with my existing content I'm not a big fan of having one piece of content and posting on every single platform because it's not yeah it's not tailored to do it but sometimes the same piece of content is relevant and you can always just dabble and start going trying it that way yeah or the time that you do spend scrolling through socials, cut that in how, like how many hours when you get your screen report on your phone? How many hours a week yeah, do exactly. we spend on our phones? Too many. If you even if you cut that time in half or took a quarter of it and put that towards creating content or coming up with ideas or something, how many everyone has the same 24 hours in a day is how you use your time. So if some if creating content for different platforms is something that you want to get into set yourself reasonable goals and go right this week i'm going to make sure to write three ideas down every day or spend half an hour thinking yeah. of new ideas next week i'll start to think up how i'm going to film them then i'll start making them content as we discussed in our marketing q a mm. isn't about getting it right the first time it's about getting started getting practicing just getting better with every video you post yeah. so just use the dead time that you have in a day which we all have we're all guilty of it yeah. you sit down for five minutes on your phone and three hours later you've been watching random animal videos on mm-hmm. tiktok so i think that everyone has time and yeah i understand that yes if you run your own business you are busy you're probably stressed you've got a lot on you don't have as much free time as other people yeah. maybe um but there's always half an hour to to dabble in something new if you feel that passionate about doing it okay so next let's mention branding so something that we talk about a lot is obviously adding neck labels to your garments but that's obviously specific to heat printers in business um but things like brand guidelines so colors and fonts are things that people will recognize and yes we're talking about customer retention but if your customer recognizes your brand and comes to like i say know it and trust it 
they're more likely to be if they see an email for example that's in your business style they'll go oh i know them and let's let's have a look at what they've got going on and then they're more likely to purchase again yes so i think it's a a smaller one in terms of customer retention but it's important to have branding um somewhere on your business priority list i think and what we were saying earlier as well about um how you speak to customers so conversation style was a point that i wanted to mention Mm as to the way you talk to your customers, because again, it's repetition, but it's also that communication it's barrier. Consistency of yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yes, if you're not branding already, please do. Yes, well, exactly. You have to remember why the, you know, your customer bought from you in the first place because of the journey that you took them on. So you need to make sure that you're being consistently taking them on that journey or a similar journey or a journey that follows up from that journey. I'm very confused on so, the journey front now. <laughs> no, I understand what you mean. Yeah. There's just a lot of paths that people yeah. can take here. Make sure you're consistent because that yeah. way your customers will keep coming back to you that way. I don't know why I pictured the Wizard of Oz like with all the paths <laughs> when you said that. Um, cool. And then uh, extra touches that make customers remember you and want to shop you again so something that i've seen a few of our customers do which is a really nice idea is they either hand write like thank you notes for shopping with us mm-hmm. which as i say if you have a lot of orders it might be harder to keep up with the volume they don't need to be particular like an a4 old-fashioned yeah. style letter just like a thank you so and so for shopping with whoever yeah. the brand is um or putting in like honey pie art one of our old unfortunately she's not selling garments anymore very sad about that but she used to include um i think stickers on some orders and just like little cards and um like quotes that people could like put up in the mirror and it's all little touches like that that make customers go oh i really enjoyed receiving that package like opening it and discovering what's inside is an experience and if it's just a really boring branded box they'll go oh that's not great and special feeling when they open it yeah yeah which goes back to over promising uh over de- over delivering i can't say that yeah. over delivering on your promises to customers yeah when we always send our transfers out often in nice red boxes so they're nice there's a nice experience opening them up and branding yeah exactly <laughs> bright red boxes everyone knows who they're coming yeah. from okay uh that's everything that we had sent in for building and sustaining relationships. Um, should we go through now some of the generic how to improve customer retention points? I've just got one thing I, that I wanted to add actually okay. in the building relationships because mm. something, and it's probably more for our fulfillment customers rather than what our brands that sell direct to the end user. Yeah, yeah. Something that's always important to remember is, okay, so customers, you've initially bought a customer and either they've ordered or you've had a meeting with them or you're coming in to present to them, is to remember who within that company you're dealing with. So from a fulfillment point of view, you might be dealing with multiple people mm-hmm. within that organization. And you want to make sure that everything you're doing in terms from a retention point of view is being directed in the right way to the right person. So what I mean is that the person, say for instance, you're, we sell the transfers to you. Mm-hmm. You apply the transfers and, you, and then you then provide these garments to a sports team, a school, whoever it may be, a, a corporate company corporate client yeah and user but the person that is actually ordering the product is not is probably going to be someone in the accounts department so they are part of your they're important person mm. because they're going to spend they're going to write the check but they're not going <laughs> to the they're, ones that pay you <laughs> but they're not the person that's going to make the decision on whether they use your business necessarily they might do from a pro, if they're told to get yes. prices they might be but from a 
and experienced point of view, they might not necessarily be the right person. So making sure that you're always speaking to the right person. So that way, you know, for instance, yeah. say you provide some clothing to a, a company, you want to make sure you actually speak to the person that's going to wear the, the garment. Yeah. Because that's the person that you really need to win over. So you might pitch your business to someone like, yeah, yeah, you've got the, you've got the job. That's great. And that's the MD of the company or someone high up. That person might never wear it. And they might have any other, they might never have any touch point with you ever again. Mm -hmm. so you did well to get them in the first place, but the retention needs to be with the right person. It's the person that's in charge of making sure that everyone in that company has branded clothing on them at all times, mm -hmm. making sure that that, uh, that person knows actually it's, it's hot, you know, it's, it's scorching at the moment. Have you provided them, you know, maybe speak to them to actually, do you need shorts with branding on them rather than like fleece jumpers? Yeah. Um, and making sure that person who's a decision maker is always um, the one that you look after. I remember I used to work for a software company mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that we used to provide as part of the, an add-on was bill of materials because we'd be doing it for product designers. And something that my old marketing and sales manager there used to say to me is actually the most important thing he did when he went to pitch, they're selling seven, eight grams worth of software, but the person they're pitching to is someone who's ordering the software, not the person who's using the software, yeah. or ultimately actually making the product. So it always make a point of going to the factory and say, can I just have a look around and then speak to people that's actually going to be impacted by the product you're selling to them, making sure that your attention is directed at them and not kind of blindly just at the company. Yeah, more of a generic email that goes, hey, we sell this, come and yeah. check us out, because that's more likely to go in the junk folder. Yeah, so yeah. you've got that database and you can identify yeah, yeah. Uh, customer types and customer roles, then you can make sure you're always consistently retaining and or trying to retain in the right with the right message to the right person. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I like that. Okay. So I have some more generic recommendations okay. that I looked up earlier. So I'm going to fire them at you, not literally, and see what your opinion is. Okay. And we can just have a discussion about whether we think it's a good idea, how we'd recommend our heat printing customers go about them, etc. Yeah. So some of them we've already covered. So one was retain customers with a smooth onboarding process. So this kind of links in with journey as well, but also not at the same time. So onboarding obviously is the initial conversation and purchase not the not just the journey so if it's kind of a bit clunky or there's something wrong with the order or if their initial first experience with you isn't the smoothest yeah. cleanest transaction it can be they're less likely to convert so when you get a new customer come through and your existing customers are just as important but try and keep it clean smooth yeah. efficient um number two close the loop on customer feedback okay so I think this one is more along the lines of um, when customers say, oh, I think we'd be better off with heat printing, for example. Oh, we really like this about the product, but we kind of need it in a T-shirt or a sweater. We like this color, but can this bit be bigger or something like that? Really mm -hmm. going above and beyond for listening to what your customers want okay. and delivering on that is yeah. kind of what I took from that one. I think it goes back to the point you made earlier about making sure that you're speaking to the customer in the way that they want to be spoken to, not the way you want to speak to necessarily make yes. sure the language is always consistently how they will understand it, yeah, or how yeah. you might think about it in-house. Yeah. This one I thought was a good idea and it's kind of related to the whole freebie thing, but reward promoters and loyal customers. So whether or not you do 
um, a discount on however many um, quantity they order or if they order more than three or four times you get like a fifth order for a discount or something like that Um, or you get a free product or things like that if they continue a bit like um, loyalty cards for like coffee shops and things like that. I think that yeah that's an interesting point because something that obviously you always have to be making sure you've got new customers coming in for business because some will always disappear for one reason or another but you also don't want to promote them so heavily or incentivize them so much that you alienate your existing customers yeah and you then put a risk at not sustaining and keeping that relationship with them going so if you're always offering off 20 percent off your first order your existing customers are going to be like that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. so something we did we always made sure that the pricing on our website is the most competitive for any customer new or existing they're always going to get the best price if you're an existing customer because you can keep coming back Make yep. it, and that price is always very transparent to make and sure everyone that, gets the discount yeah there's no, yep. no special treatment everyone's looked after in a, in a special way yeah um showing transparency in communications i thought was an interesting one because it goes back to what we were talking about with trust and i'll use an example of if an order is going to be delayed or an order goes wrong or there's an error or something like that if even whether it was your fault or not whether it was preventable or not being upfront and honest and saying look this has happened i'm sorry there's not much i can do about it but this is what i'm going to do yeah. to fix it is rather than like trying to cover it up and fix it in the background a bit like what taffy was saying on his the last podcast mm-hmm. episode he was on about the mistake that he made and he was honest with his clients and they ended up helping him out if he'd have just hidden in the background he would have presented them with a half product that and they'd have gone well this isn't what i asked for why didn't you tell us there was an issue that kind of thing yeah i mean a bit like the other day we made a video um for our customers because you know one of the most important things we always preach is following the recipe of time temperature pressure Mm -hmm. we wanted to show what happens when you don't follow those things rather than we can talk to a blue in the face about how you should follow the recipe but until we sh- you show someone what happens when you don't follow the recipe, it doesn't always make as much sense. It peels off, trust exactly. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always follow the recipe, but we wanted to show you and be quite transparent about why yeah. we broke our own rules to to prove that point. I enjoyed that. That was a fun video. I've never fused the transfer intentionally wrong before. <laughs> um, okay, so we've engaged customers via social media. We've got that one focus on quality customer ser- service and experience. That's covered um mail handwritten thank you notes we've mentioned that create systems to measure customer value that comes in keeping with a crm system or something Mm -hmm. like that um how would you go about structuring that would you do it for customers that are say spending more or or, but buying more regularly or would you split it out differently i think it's both really for me i'd say that you need to you know you want someone to be ordering regularly no matter what business you're in um, but you want to understand people that order more or less can there's always a, a story behind those numbers so it could be that someone orders twice or three times as many as someone that spends twice as much but in the end they all equal the same mm-hmm. so it's always important to kind of i was trying to look at the data two different ways when we when we're kind of looking at customers ordering and then i also try and see if there's a way i can kind of almost contradict myself to make sure that i get the right result to make sure i'm not just making the data oh you always question everything yeah, yeah you yeah. don't want to make you know you don't want to just make the data look how you want it to look yeah so if you have got a customer database and you can report on your customers be quite honest with yourself and say actually 
always try and find something to do better. Don't just sit on your laurels because, oh, yeah, actually, you know what? I've got loads of customers ordering loads of times. Actually, then you always forget to check on that retention, as you know, mm. we're talking about today. You could get um, blinded by the fact there's lots of new orders coming, but these customers might order once and then never come back. Mm-hmm. But you really want someone who comes back every single month on a regular basis and has long-term value to you. Yes. Whoever you can do within, depending on what your product or service is, to identify those ones with the long-term value and then you know, make sure you sustain that and build that relationship with them. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Another one is working together on a common cause. These are exactly how they were written on the case study I found, by the way, so they don't all make complete sense. Yeah. Um, but the description on this one was about finding something in common with your customers and working on it with them, obviously, yeah. statement. Um, but the example was like charity work or if there's a meaning behind something or a message or a goal or something like that, something that's relatable to your customers that you sort of explain that to, as to why. Like yeah. if your products are, I don't know, vegan or sustainable or something like that, your customers might be like, oh, well, I'm really into, you know, make, taking care of yeah. the environment too. I, I'll show more of an interest in your brand than I will the one that's churning out a million cheaper, less sustainable garments. So that kind of thing, you have to connect with your customers on like an emotional level almost as well. If you're doing slogan teas, it might be something that your slogan tea says that your customers go, everything you say, I completely yeah. relate, that kind of thing. I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of customers either as an end user for a brand or even as a kind of B2B relationship that our customers have where sustainability is a great example mm. because that's a, really hot topic and it's actually anything you can do together to um, show that you're providing something. You know, we have quite a few customers now that, um, you know, every time you buy a t-shirt, I plant a tree um, as a kind of, that's part of their giving back and paying forward um, everything that they do. That was an angle similar to that. That's something you could do. Or even it's just, you know, from a fulfillment point of view, your customer has something they want to achieve is actually working together to really understand what they want and kind of, spending time to actually yeah i can get that logo to go there on that jumper i can get that color you really want i can get a combination of things so you know it's all about it comes back to building that partnership with them mm. this next one is a really good point okay. i'm just going to prepare you for this yep. follow up with your existing customers <laughs> what a great point yeah um showcase your clients on social media that i again comes back to whether or not they'd want to be showcased but quite a lot of our customers at the moment do those reels where they're like or packing so-and-so's order and they get quite good engagement Mm -hmm. so I suppose it depends on your business and your customers but it could be a good idea Uh, ask customers for feedback on your service this is always a good one because no matter how big or how well-known your business gets there's Mm -hmm. always room to improve and I think the businesses that succeed are the ones that can take constructive criticism and learn and grow from that so there's nothing wrong with asking for a bit of feedback um cool 25 to 50 50 customers every month i'm not sure um a lot of heat runners work like that anymore do they do they phone and go hello would you like some t-shirts or is it more online now it's probably some of them more old school ones that's probably a day i think rather than a month because then you might only speak to one customer every day that's a good point yeah well 25 to 50 a month so one a day yeah that would work out i'd say oh okay i think it depends on it depends on how you interact with your customers but i think you think and how many you've got yeah i think you have to be communicating with them in one form or another via you're sending an email out Mm. or you 
providing value with your social content or the video you're putting out, if they're not getting some form of touch point with them, then, you know, call them. That it could be a great option because it could be that you can always use the same content or same messaging to provide value because, you know, just phone up to actually, this is really popular at the moment. We could help this, help you out with this. We could provide this for you or you've got a brand new uh, garment colors in or garment cuts that you've been asking for. I think it's good to have a personal conversation sometimes with a customer, especially your bigger customers to really get to the root cause of their motivations and understanding how you can help because um, you never know, there might be something that comes up in a conversation that you didn't realize they were even missing mm. and they kept forgetting to tell you about and you end up providing, solving a solution that they weren't, that you didn't know you could for them, but yeah. ultimately builds an even better long-term relationship with them. Yeah. And the last one is a little bit different, but it's still relative. Um, invest in your people so they invest in your customers. And the description for this one was basically if your business has employees, for example, or if you have someone who does your social media or your email marketing or something along those lines, um, or even your admin, that kind of thing, building a relationship with your team and investing in your team's skill set and them knowing you value yeah. them gives them more of um not an opinion it gives them more of a reason to want to connect with your business's customers and keep that relationship going as well so yeah they're not customers aren't the only important people in the process of yeah sustaining customer relationships it's true i mean yeah, to be honest you know we try just me and you personally try and provide value every week by doing a live video to our customers to make mm -hmm. sure we're constantly educating people helping out them out as much as possible but a big part of our what we do here as marketers is getting new customers in so we need to make sure that everywhere else in the business you might speak to a customer day to day who someone who phones up and wants help with something is not going to speak to either of us because no. we're busy making video and helping other people out send emails out but they they want then we need to make sure the person they do speak to it understands what we're talking about and is on board with everything we do and empower them to also help the business without having to come back to us and say, have you got any ideas? They should be, uh, yeah, they should feel empowered to actually have you thought about this or, to, or just ask and speak to or just listen to the customer. Mm. You know, that is, it's very important. Yeah, and that brings it back to brand messaging and communication as well. Like if somebody was to DM us on socials or comment or comment on one of our videos or something and engage with us, versus email or phone customer service they're different people that you're dealing with but it's the same company so if you were to receive two different answers or um terminology or anything like that you would be very confused as a customer as to what who you're dealing with yeah. and what and why and it, it would put you off to a certain extent so that's something we always make sure we're doing is that the terminology the information any deals that we have everyone's always aware of and that everything is consistent throughout the business so no matter what funnel they come through yeah. everything ends up in the same pool in exactly. the end yeah i don't have any more points no no i think the only thing i would say just to kind of end this is obviously you know we've spoken today about a lot there's lots of things you can do for your business i think we've only scratched the surface really haven't we surface. um know and going back to your point about which should i be doing stuff for this platform have i got enough time you know podcasting is a great way to communicate with your customers like we try and do on a weekly basis um but 
I mean, again, to the point of has everyone got time to do it? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. But one thing that we love to hear about, we love to hear about our customer stories, love to hear your story. So if you wanted to try and dip your turn in water with podcasting, for instance, we'd love to have you on. We'd love to hear Come about join your story. Us. Come by, you know, for half an hour or join us online and you can make your first foray into podcasting that way just by coming and have a chat with us. Yeah. We have got some very exciting guests lined up for the next few months on the Target Transfers podcast. I won't reveal who. Um, I'm going to wait and I'm going to make you wait until the episodes come out. Um, but they are going to be good ones. I'm very happy about that. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for today. Yeah. So thank you everyone as usual for joining us. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube if that's where you're watching. Make sure to follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all of the favorite streaming platforms and come and follow us on socials as well. It's at Target Transfers and at Target Transfers Podcast. And that's everything. We will see you next Thursday. 